Hello and welcome back to Football Again from the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I am your host, Adam, and I am joined here today by Chadens and Arben. How are you two gentlemen doing? Ask Edo. Overwhelmed. <laughs> Overwhelmed and ask Edo. Edo's doing great. Yeah. Edo, Edo's currently Yeah, playing. there's so much. Good, bad, yeah. woof. Yeah, oh, good and bad, definitely. Okay, so... <laughs> As usual, we have a lot to get through, so we are going to be starting in the Armenian Premier League. APL resumed, uh, and it has been resumed (laughs) for the past couple weeks now, and Adara Armenia are still on top of the league with 50 points. Um, They have only lost two games this season, but they haven't been the same. Um, They were a very much free-scoring side in the first half of the season, and they haven't been able to score as many goals since the restart. Um, only three points behind them is a Punic side that is looking like they're only getting better and better as the season progresses. They're currently on a six-game undefeated streak, including a 1-0 win over Adara Armenia. So Punic have a real chance here to win the title. Boys, it's a two-horse race at this point. The gap between Punic and third place Adara Yerevan is pretty sizable. Who is going to win this league? Adara or Punic? Huh. That's, that's a tricky one. I mean, I, I would say they're both equally strong. But if you look at Punic's form, it's <laughs> way better than Ararat's. Than Ararat Armenia, of course. And they both have pretty strong arguments, in my opinion. Uh, uh, it, I'm watching every game of both of those clubs. It's a very, very interesting one. Um, at, early on in the season, it seemed like Aradat Armenia was going to run away with it, right? It yeah. looked, it looked yeah. very like they were 17 points ahead or something at, at one point. They had 13. A, 13 yeah. points. Yeah. Huge gap. And, and then they started dropping points. Well, they haven't dropped many, but I think the points that they dropped have been crucial. ones that were crucial. Like, mm-hmm. like against Punic, they lost against Punic. If they had won that game, there would be a six-point gap or a nine-point gap, actually, in between them right now, which is a lot bigger than a three-point gap. So it really makes a big difference. So... um. And I think they drew a game to Bekma early on in the season, which, you know, very few clubs have drawn to them. <laughs> so it's it's a little bit of an odd one. Um, in third place, as I had mentioned, is Adelaide Yerevan. They're still very much showing signs of slowing down and this inevitable decline that we've been talking about since the departure of their manager and a couple of key players. Um They've only managed to have one win in their last four matches, um, and they're not doing so hot. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, or fortunately, depends on how you look at it, Alashkert is creeping up on them. Uh, currently only, what is it, seven points behind them, but they do have a game in hand. Um, so Alashkert is slowly closing up the, that gap. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and yeah, behind, something we don't like. Yeah, not it. We don't. There's many reasons that it's like it's like. Oh, I don't like. <laughs> FC Noah are underperforming big time. I mean, these they have no win in the last five games. They have real no distinct style of play. 
and mm-hmm. their only real standout is their new signing, Musa Khanian, but he's been playing at central defense when he's actually more of a defensive midfielder. Um, not to mention... And even then, he's... Yeah, he's one of our best field players out of position and all. And newcomer, yeah, there's a lot of things to analyze. Yeah. And defensively speak, like defensively speaking, Noah is solid. Like they're not mm-hmm. doing overall, they're at a negative two goal difference. But since the restart, they haven't conceded more than one goal in each game. They're just not scoring. Like they, they mm-hmm. have not. Their attack has not been clicking, and it's really been hurting them. But on the defensive end, with Musa Khanian, Kartashian, uh, Jordi Ararat, and, uh, and, and Mate Vosian in, in between the sticks, they've been doing really solid defensive work. Yeah, it's just not Kartashian, bro. Kartashian, it's annoying that to see him being played out of position because, as I told you guys on the group chat, uh, he's a meter and 90 centimeters tall, which is... Super tall. He's centre-back tall. And he's been playing left-back for some reason. Charon seems to have a good argument, a theory, as to that why that may be. But it's annoying to see him get wasted like that. And I hate to see these things. You know, like when it reminds me of when I saw Edo Spertian being played at either 5 or 9 at the national team. It's out of position. And we're such a talent. You don't want to see that. Uh, side note, Mateo Sian. Oh my god, we'll get into him a little bit more. Um, what a goalie! Below Noah is Urardu with 22 points, two points behind. Um, and they're undefeated in five, which is a positive. The negative is only one win, <laughs> and the rest are draws. Uh, they're another, I'd say, positive. the same problem with Noah. And but this has been um in term in terms of Urardu, this has been a problem that we've we've touched on previously before. They're the fact that they can't score, and I think I mean I, I think it comes down hmm. to their style of play. I just don't think they. I don't think Arzumanian has that, them playing yeah. in a style. He just has them playing, and I think that's the problem. Well, Arzumanian is uh, to be fair, he. He was a center back, so yeah, on the one hand, there's that. And on the second hand, if you look at their personnel their, uh, over the last few seasons, even, uh, their three attacking stars were uh, Artur Miranian, Karim Melkonian, and Narek Krikorian. Uh, the two first uh, have been getting on and off with injuries, even currently recovering and not really fit. And the last has been loaned out to Poland. So that explains an even worse form when it comes to attack. Yeah, precisely. Um, behind Urardu, and near the bottom of the table now, is Von and Noravank. Um, they continue to tussle between 7th and 8th place. Um, and bottom of the table is Bekma, who, despite being bottom has actually only one loss in the last five matches like Urardu. Um, they're slowly but surely finding their feet and their form, um, and I personally still back them to get out of relegation and stay in. I think they'll do it. I think they'll start picking up the wins very soon. Especially considering their new signings. Uh, Galajan uh, from Alashkeft, solid center back. 
I think they're going to do good things. Gurjan, Gurjan. Yeah, Gurja. There you go. Sorry, I said Galajan. They're, they're both named uh, Artem. They're both Locomotive Academy. They're both talented. So, yeah, I, it makes sense to mix up the names. Mix up the names. Well, that wraps it up for the Armenian Premier League segment of the show. Uh, be sure to watch all the games on YouTube um, while they are still being live streamed. We don't know if that's going to be the case next season. Uh, but the league is getting really good. Um, Ararat play Noah next, which is going to be an interesting matchup. And uh, Urardu and Bekma face off. These are the two teams that have similar forms right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over there. Now, on to our favorite segment, I would say. Armenians abroad. Armen, Sakomania, what's going on with our boy Adamian? He can't stop scoring. <laughs> I mean, Sarkis Adamian, what a striker. As I say, he has been getting a lot of heat at the national team for not uh, delivering as what was expected of him, but that's unjustified in my opinion because of the way we play and because of the work rate Sarkis brings to the national team, which goes unnoticed. But in Bruges, when it comes to the club level, that doesn't go unnoticed because he keeps scoring and has already convinced the club, one of the best clubs in Belgium, by the way, uh, to buy him out of Hoffenheim, which is where he belongs, where the, the, the owners of his transfer. The Bundesliga side, Hoffenheim, has reportedly agreed to the buyout clause and set the price tag at, at currently 3 million euros. Uh, Bruges have now three months to allocate the money. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. They're probably going to find it because they're not a poor club by any standards. And overall, Sacco, listen to this, Sacco has four goals in 315 minutes on over six games played uh, for the Belgian league. This is league, of course. Uh, those numbers mean that the goal coefficient is at one goal every per every 18 minutes. That's more than a goal per game guaranteed. That's yeah. insane. And he, he really showed his... his attacking versatility i think in the game yesterday um both of his yeah. goals were him capitalizing on errors and it worked out in his favor so i think smart positioning yeah yeah i think it's safe to say you know i think he during the, our world cup qualifying campaign in terms of confidence was probably at the lowest he had ever been in his career i would i really really back him to do very very good things for us in this next year yeah, and if, two years. If I were to break down Sacco's last two years for the national team, I would say that they kind of go hand by hand, hand in hand, with the overall collective performance. Because uh, he has been, he has gone through a lot of, and I'm sorry for the word, uh, a lot of shit, personal shit, uh, when it comes to his everyday life, which we don't want to get into and things he didn't deserve, you know. And when that came to the national team in uh, the second semester of 2022, uh, 2020, I'm sorry, when we won UEFA Nations League C, he even scored 
maybe the most decisive goal against Georgia, memorable actually, uh, and helped of course with uh, winning the other games. And the first semester of 2021, when we kept that momentum going and won that pre-game window against Iceland, uh, Romania, and of course Liechtenstein, Sako was actually one of the best players. He didn't score, I think, but he was undoubtedly one of the best players. But hey, many people know better than us, and uh, they went at him because he didn't score. But did we win those games or not? There's a reason why Cap plays him every game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and he's not wrong most of the time. Uh, so now it can even be, it can only get better now that he has actual form. I agree. I agree. I'm I'm really excited to see what we're gonna put together in the Nations League, but we will talk about that soon. Yeah. For Chana. him, I felt really bad for Sako, because he was he's one of those not only because we had striker problems, but him as a player uh, to be playing in the Bundesliga at the time. Now he's in Belgium. Uh, it, it was nice. It would have been nice for him to score goals for us. Yeah. I think um, it's you know it's he's he's been he's worked hard his whole career to get to get to the Bundesliga and it sucks that a managerial change took a lot of that away from from him. Yeah. Um, but yeah. again, and even oh. even under new the new manager even after Hernes took charge he went on to keep that same form he had with Schleuder for the whole season. Only after that, he started to lag a little bit and, you know, that uh, being out of favor uh, kind of got to him. Yeah, a, a quality player is always going to show his quality, and he still did with, with the small cameos he was making for Hoffenheim. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He still showed all of his qualities. So, and, and it's, of course, it takes a, a good manager like Schroeder. I, I, I do personally think Schroeder's a good manager. Um, he took Hoffenheim to really good heights and it takes a good manager to be able to see that. And of course, you know, it's a good thing that they have a very good relationship. So it's working out for them. Chodens, what is going on in Poland land? A lot of things from our (laughs) voice. Uh, I think we confirmed it last, uh, last time on the episode or it was that day that he signed or it was close. Uh, Narek Grigorian. He moved to, okay, uh, I hope I can pronounce this uh, well, uh, Jagiellonia. Jagiellonia. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the loan has an option to buy. Uh, he already made his debut. He's playing every game after the break off the bench. Uh, he's showing good passing. He's showing good dribbling. And he's looking consistent. And that is what we usually need as uh, Armenians <laughs> and Armenian players consistency. So uh, on this is on one end. On the other end, uh, Urardu is missing a key upon, uh, component of their attack. Yeah, just just like we touched on earlier. But, but of course, uh, at considering the current state of Armenian football, we would probably you know have the slight preference for individual players getting you know better and better so he played another 45 minutes yeah yeah and interestingly enough what i do is something i noticed lately they're actually 
uh, ringing like they always do. But now the time has come for the new generation, the new uh, year of players to come off the academy. They mm, brought like yeah, they brought like four new starters into the team and uh, another four into the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it will take time for those eight to ten uh, youngins to uh, adapt and adjust to the APL, but damn, <laughs> those numbers are nice. Ten new guys. I mean, yeah, it, it's not obviously <laughs> it's not based on one player. Uh, the the reason why a team may not be performing, let's say. However, he's definitely yeah, a he crucial player. He definitely was. He definitely was. And and uh, I I see them kind of like uh, Ararat Yerevan. They're trying to cut their losses and uh, pull back and, and try to do their thing, you know, play how they play, how they're more comfortable as a club philosophy. And uh, hope they can find some form soon because they're both good teams but speaking of young players we have we are not only about uh, academies in armenia we have more uh, exports so to speak we are talking about uh actually football games from future star uh armen hovannesian and teammate from fcaa uh, armenia david nalbandian two 22-year-olds, actually, both of them, that joined Moldavian Giants uh, FC Shimru Kishinev, as we told you guys uh, last time out. The thing is, Shimru are looking kind of to mirror uh, Sheriff Tiraspol's success in Europe, as uh, most of you football fans know. So they've signed around a dozen new international players coming from all sorts of competitions, including are two young talents. Um, now, these two players come from FCAA. Uh, actually, David Nalbandian being on loan at uh, FC Van, who was their starting 10. Uh, and Armin, of course, is a great number nine. Both have made their debut on the first game after the, bla- after the break. Uh, actually, much like Narek Grigorian in Poland. And uh while david or david played 25 minutes off the bench uh didn't look off tune looked good actually uh we talked to moldavian uh football pundits and podcasts and stuff they told us both of them played good but it only took a couple of touches for football Gentron future star armen to open his tab in moldova with a great run and i liked this Kid so much. Uh, I saw this replay, the goal, the goal. It was very much his style. One-on-one, run until the keeper comes your way. He waits for him. He finishes off to the cross post. A clinical, clinical finish with all that it means for us that we are lacking such a clinical finisher. Uh, he's young, he's tall, he's fast. He is clinical, all right. This for both of them is a great move considering the Moldovan League feeds leagues like Romania, the Czech Republic, Russia, week, uh, year in, year out. Uh, I think we've touched upon this previously, haven't we? It's yeah. kind of a transitional league. Yeah, it is. And 
hopefully they can just make the short-term impact that we're looking for them to make and transition out of. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying this, this league isn't the best league, but it's, you know, we know that they can do better. So we're hoping to see that. It's, yeah, it's, it's where they can excel. Because they were clearly underestimated in at FCAA. Very true. Speaking of excelling, uh, Slovakia is a place that a lot of our players seem to excel. Chadens, what's going on over there? The name I mentioned right before the call. Uh, Diko has two assists in two games for his new club, Slovan Bratislava. One was against Žilina, which is Vahan's former club. Uh, where he was excelling, and the other team is Rosenborg, which is a team where uh, an ex-national team former player left back, Gagik Tavashan used to play. Slovan are currently top of the league, uh, looking to get the only Champions League spot wrapped up. And we can also move on to the next news the good news which we've been hoping for probably the past two weeks was it two weeks or ten days uh felix is recovering from injury and he's back in training he posted some instagram photos looking up and ready with his uh awesome gloves <laughs> felix Ferahian, by the way for the audience that uh maybe doesn't know him as personally as we do Shout yeah, that's why Felix. we call him he's Felix our, without a yeah, surname. <laughs> he's our buddy by now. He's our good buddy. <laughs> Speaking Moving. of buddies, Adam, what's yes. going on over your neck of the woods, as you usually say? Yeah. <laughs> In the MLS. America the Brave. And Anman wrote this. El Chino on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's Lucas Zellaran's nickname, El Chino. Um, we're not going to get into the of that nickname. But the MLS is back in action, and over two games, Lucas Zellaran has achieved a total of four goals and one assist, getting two match MVPs and being in the MLS Team of the Week twice already. Um, he has what is it, a goal contribution of one goal or assist every 54 minutes so far this season. Here is a stat attack. Brought to you by Bryant and Me Podcast, because everything in America has to be sponsored. The Columbus crew have point have points in 18 of the 20 matches where Lucas has assisted or scored a goal. That means every time Lucas has scored a goal, they've won or they've gotten a point 18 of 20 times. That breaks down to 15 wins and three draws. So if Lucas is making a goal contribution, Columbus is winning or drawing. And he is contributing a lot. So Columbus naturally <laughs> winning a lot. I just saw that uh, Lucas has literally scored over the six, the last six games they've played, official games. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll that's, get... Uh, that's form. That's form, but he's also class. That's that's something that he brings, and we'll, we'll talk about yeah. a little further when we get into the national team segment. Um, Give him the ball, he scored. Pretty much. Just give him the ball, he'll score from anywhere. Um, we're going to stay in MLS because 20-year-old offensive midfielder and football against one future star, Daron Iskanderian, has reportedly signed with the soon-to-be MLS side, Las Vegas Lights, from Barcelona Academy AZ. Um, 
if you recall, Bruce Elmasmeri uh, just signed for LAFC from Las Vegas. Uh, the same with Danny Moskovsky, who is an American-born North Macedonian striker who made the jump from Las Vegas to LAFC. Um, and, of course, uh, El Mesmeri is Armenian, by the way. Yeah, that's why we mentioned him. Uh, <laughs> here's the interesting thing. <laughs> yeah, but thing. Muskovsky isn't. I know Muskovsky, uh, but we, talk, we, we, we play against Macedonians so much, I feel the need to, <laughs> to talk about them. <laughs> They're second-hand Armenians by now. By now, yeah. And um, so here's the interesting no, thing. No, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Lost Just yeah, kidding. The, the Greeks are going to get mad at us now. Yeah, they're going to beat us up. <laughs> so Las Vegas has a partnership with LAFC, clearly, where they funnel players into the LAFC first team. And they act as like a third-party academy. But Las Vegas is actually set to be the 30th and final MLS team. So starting next year in 2023 season, Las Vegas Lights are going to be an MLS team. Daron Iskanderian is going to be their number 10. Very, Jesus. very interesting thing. So at 20, Hopefully. I think, I mean, look, it's we'll see. Their season starts today in the USL, which is the American exactly. division. I, I, I want to see, I want to see how they line up yeah. for this season. I, I, again, I think, and we'll have an opportunity to see him play a lot, which is going to be nice um, yeah. because we can find USL highlights. Those will, those will be easy to find. Um, Good. We, he's a football game from future star for a reason. So mm-hmm. let's leave it at that. Here, speaking <laughs> of next of the woods, Chadens, <laughs> you're next of the woods. Cypress, mm. what's going on there? Well, Hovo, who's going to play in nine minutes. Uh, he scored against Aboel in the Cypriot Domestic Cup in the quarterfinals. This is a first leg. They're aiming to retain the title from last season. Um, the second leg, I believe, is in uh, two weeks or next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the playoff, they lost a couple of games against Aboel. They also lost the first leg. But hopefully oh. they'll be back to their uh, good form that they ha- they were building on. Almost actually, Hovos case is kind of ironic because uh, the team Anorthosi has dropped when it comes to level, but he himself, Hovo individually, has is insane. You know, when it comes to form and stuff, is I mean, he keeps it up. Uh, the team doesn't, but he's he's keeping it up. And he actually even extended uh, his contract into 2024, which a two-year contract extension at Hovo's age, which is 31 years old for a fullback, is a clear sh- uh, sign of A, appreciation, B, uh, I don't know, that he's going to be used, he's going to be played. He is actually, in my opinion, turning into... Kind of a a Northosi legend. Yeah, he's been doing great. Hopefully, that was um, big. yeah. No, and we're happy he's there. Um, I can see him contributing to the national team for a few more years until the torch is passed on to other players. But he should he should actually. I'm throwing. I'm just throwing this out there, you know, as I usually do. Uh, he should be like 
like the FFA has ambassadors all over the in every continent. He should be an FFA ambassador to Cyprus and yeah. get Armenians instead of going to Kazakhstan to going to Cyprus. And from or there, the European areas should just divide themselves, and like yeah. it would be easier for that. Would be the um, whole oh, that would be good one. That would make more sense. That would make more sense. Uh, yeah, just for Cyprus with them. <laughs> yeah, from all the uh, Europe, you know. So FFA, there you got your, there you have your idea. Don't no need to credit us. Just get it done. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now we're gonna get into a very special segment of our Armenians abroad, which is the Russian recap, since we have so many players that play in the country that no one likes anymore. Um, <laughs> Edward Sperzian scores in the first game of the year back for Krasnodar, um, and he actually scored again um, in, on a very nice free kick, I think like a couple minutes right before we started recording this episode. Uh, so despite the mass exodus of foreign players out of Krasnodar, um, interestingly, not out of a lot of other clubs like Spartak Moscow, who they're currently playing right now as we record, uh, yeah. who still have all their Rostov, foreign players. Yeah. Rostov kept all their foreign players, but for some reason, Krasnodar lost all theirs. But it hasn't really affected Spertian. If anything, it's just allowed him to highlight his abilities even more. Now scoring two goals in two Messiah. games. Messiah. He is. He, he definitely is. Khorem uh, Baramian is out of form but he is recovering from an injury and finally back in training. Uh, similarly, David Davidian is out of form, but also recovering from an injury and is back in training uh, with his club side, Himki. And Armin, I'll let you take this one because I have no idea who this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, until a few weeks ago, neither did I. I've heard about this kid uh, here and there, rumors mostly. But, you know, until something materializes especially when it comes to young footballers you want to get things with a grain of salt because uh, not everyone goes pro that's not the case luckily for 18 year old alexander kovalenko who is a midfielder armenian from his mom's side uh, despite the name doesn't suggest he made his russian premier league debut for krilia soveto last week i believe and he's been playing ever since uh of course off the bench but mm. he is 19 year old he's 19 years old which is insane uh playing for a team that is actually doing pretty well uh in the russian premier league krilia soveto is actually where two great fullbacks uh, at the armenian uh, premier league play uh i'm talking about sirop krikoriania uh, and robert tarpinian uh so it's a club that clearly has some Armenian ties and many Armenians at their academy. This may just be Alexander Kovalenko, one of the best exponents of that. He is a proud Armenian, actually, as Challenge very uh, well showed us with some great content from his uh, social media. Shout out, Alex. Great work. Uh, keep it up thing is, considering the attention he's been getting in Russian media and Russian football media, of course, mm. which we have been uh, monitoring in a way, I, I, I don't know if sadly, because it, nothing is set on stone, of course, but I think it's going to be pretty hard to snatch him away from the Russian national team and into ours. 
yes, the na- the Russian national teams and federation overall in competitions are not FIFA UEFA sanctioned uh, officially currently, but they'll be back in everything. Uh, I'd say sooner rather than later, one or two years at most. And he's so young that the current ban on Russian football uh, overall, I don't think it's really going to change much for him and considering it, the potential this kid has. Yeah, it's the ban's going to be, sh- I don't want to say short term because we don't know what the length of it is it's going to be, but it's not going to be forever. So Yeah, ultimately, he is a proud Armenian, but at the same time, he's a Russian citizen. So maybe I would say let him do his thing and... We will talk when he turns in five years' time when he's 23. Yeah. Well, moving on to the Russian second division where we have other Armenians that want to play for Armenia but that are not <laughs> currently playing for Armenia. You see this <laughs> continuing this theme over here. 23-year-old striker Avtem Galajan, who I mistakenly pointed out earlier in this episode, made his debut <laughs> now, <this> and, <laughs> and scores on a 55-minute display for Tomsk. Uh, he's clearly way too good for the Russian second tier, but much like other Armenian players uh, in the Russian diaspora, like Artem Simonian, Hambartumian, Avanesian, um, they're playing or expressing the desire to play for Armenia while being Russian-born is a no-no. So, let's we'll see yeah, what happens. <laughs> what was that? Uh, same goes for 22-year-old striker. I, I think that was... I think that was the melody for a no-no. A no-no? Yeah, maybe. That's just just dick. (laughs) We have another similar story here. Gevork Sakisian made his debut and scored uh, two goals over 130 minutes over two games for Velas Moscow, where Arthur Galoyan also started uh, with them at number 10, uh, forming a 10-9 Armenian partnership. Um, both of which have been linked to the Armenian national team. And if I'm not mistaken, there wasn't there a picture sometime this week of them holding an Armenian oh, there scarf? Was. was it? Oh, was it there a scarf? is. Or was it a flag? I don't remember. Uh, a scarf. I think it was a scarf, yeah. With an Armenian of fan of uh, Vélez Moscow. Yeah. Um, so Galoyan, on the other hand, has nine goals and several assists over 2,100 minutes played in the FNL. Um, both of them have a goal or an assist contribution per 90. So, again, kind of same old story here. Young Russian Armenians, super talented, want to play for Armenia, but can't. Um, Sad story. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's going to conclude for our Armenians Abroad segment. Um, But our next piece of news is something that you probably have heard of. Um, this past week. Henrik Mkhitaryan officially announced his retirement from the Armenian national team, uh, releasing a public statement um, and said that after the Germany game, uh, he had given his all uh, and he is tired and he wants to focus on his family and his club career moving forward. Um, He retires from the international scene as Armenia's all-time leading goal scorer with 32 goals scored. And he is the second most capped player with 95 caps, only behind Sadiusov Sepian, who ended his career on 133 caps. And he is the player with the most Armenian player of the year of 10 times. Uh, that record's probably not going to get broken anytime soon. Um, <laughs> the FFA intends to organize a homage farewell game 
Um, but that may come around the time that he retires from his club career altogether, um, which he's not doing. He made very clear. Uh, in fact, there's actually an active battle of who is going to get his signature uh, because he has indicated that he will not be renewing with Roma and that he is looking to go elsewhere. Um, initially, it was thought that he would go to Russia, but because of all the things that are going around, uh, Italy staying in Italy with one of the Milan clubs or going to France seems like his likely destination. Um, we will, we've already spoken at length about this on our uh, Twitter and Spaces. If you don't follow us already, why? Um, so we can just conclude this by saying thank you, Henrik, for everything that you've done for Armenian football. Uh, we will all uh, we always you know take all of the goals and all the memories that you've made uh, and that you've brought to us, and we're we're very um, how can I put this? Uh, we are very grateful no need to, get to have emotional. had you. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm crying on the inside. Um, <laughs> international retirement isn't fully retirement. I think when he the day that I think he fully retires from football, we're gonna feel that a lot more because of of you know what he has done uh, for the growth of Armenian football. Um, but he is, I would say, the model example of what a professional should be. Um, and I hope that we have a thousand more Henrik Mkhitaryans in our lifetime. Yeah, that's that's the idea. Well said. Well put. Nice, Adam. Thank you. Well, <laughs> <clears throat> this is the segment everyone has been waiting for. Oh, this is going to be a doozy. All right. Armenian national team manager Joaquin Kaparos has announced the national team squad for the friendly camp uh, this month against Montenegro and Norway. We are going to handle this how we always do, uh, which is break down the squad segment by segment uh, by parts of the pitch. And then we will go ahead and have a small discussion on each portion of the squad it's and never then having discussion, discussion. <laughs> it's never yeah and then <laughs> and then have a discussion uh, about the squad as a whole and what we would like to see and expect to see against uh montenegro and norway um and so yeah let's get started gentlemen chadens goalkeeping picks who do we got goalkeepers david yurchenko of punic henry avakian of noravank uh, Arman Nersesian of Bukma. And that's kind of annoying how we say it, by the way. After 30-something episodes, 38 episodes, we're still saying it like that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Buchnev, <laughs> not covered by FFA, though. Uh, Punic is saying that he was. Yeah, that was a little weird one. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's there. Um so, okay, we got what we wanted in one sense, and we definitely didn't get what we wanted in another sense. Um, we were hoping to use this time, or that the national team would use this time to try out other clearly good goalkeepers that we have domestically, such as our very good friend uh, that plays in between the sticks at FC Noah, um, Mate Vosian. But instead, we got... Henry <laughs> Avagyan from Noravank, which is extremely baffling to me. 
because they're like mm-hmm. near bottom of the table. That guy has only He's played four games. Years old. He's only played four games in the past year. Um, He's not even young. It does not. It just like it. It doesn't. Com- my brain <laughs> is having a hard time processing yeah, that, that, how this guy's those here. pauses those pauses and that difficulty to enunciate explains everything we need to explain about the goalkeeping selection in terms of merit i mean <laughs> there is no merit in calling on Not at all. there's no merit in calling bushnev because he has been less Not than even less since Yurchenko went and moved to Punic, Yurchenko has been playing every game. And he's, of course, been much better than Bushnev is. So the Yurchenko one makes sense. I fully, fully expect him to be there. Mm-hmm. As he should and, be. And he's, yeah, after Berezovsky is the, the Armenian goalkeeper that has played at the best level for the longest amount of time. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it makes sense as long as he's playing. Yeah, exactly. As long as he's playing consistently, which he wasn't. Not no, that long even, ago at Alashkev, but he not is consistently. Now. Yeah, until he retires, he will always have something to add to a at, when it comes to experience to a national team locker room. Not necessarily it means that he has to play. I would yeah. even call him with a as you said, Aram Mateosian and another young goalkeeper. Like it could be Narcissian's case. Or Felix, Felix, when he uh, is fully fit again, and play the young ones, but keep Yurchenko around to give counsel and experience and all of that. It would make sense, but uh. so so for those who don't know, Arman Nersesian is the Armenian national under twenty one national team goalkeeper. Um, he is good. one that well, he's good. We like him. Um, I think a, a, a great positive of having Nersesian in this squad is that Nersesian consistently plays every single game for uh, Bekma in the Premier League. So he's not out of practice. You know, he's constantly playing, which is great. Um, he is a goalkeeper for the future that we, we highly rate. Um, and I hope... Because he's being taken away from Armenia under 21 European qualifying matches, I hope he actually plays one of the games, or else this is a complete waste to bring him. Because you're pulling him from the under 21 national team the same week that they have matches. Yeah, and uh, this uh, conundrum, if you will, will happen not only with Narcissian, and in fact, I would say that from the young national team players called to the senior national team and, and taken away from their youth national team respectively. Narcissian's case is maybe the least uh, harmful one for the youth national teams because they're only playing, uh, the U21 is only playing one game uh, yeah. and it's going to be a pretty tough game. So not much difference to have him there. Hopefully he can play, but uh um, maybe I'm pessimistic with this, but I'm not counting on him to play. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Kaparos does there. Um, in defense, challenge, who do we have called up? All right, so defenders. We have Varasat Haroyan from FC Cadiz, Spain. Andre Chalisir, Silkeborg, Denmark. Hovane Sampartumian, Anorthosis, Cyprus. 
Kamo Hovanisyan from FC Astana, Kazakhstan. Gerard Margarian uh, from Ukraine, FC Veres. Uh, that's having a little bit of issues, but we won't get into that. Arman Ovanisian, Punic. David Derderian from FC Ararat, Armenia. And Stjopa Magrician from Bukma. Yes. Okay. So, um, this list mm. of defenders is pretty much what we thought it would be, um, all except the surprise addition of uh, Magrician, who we didn't anticipate, similar to the other yeah. Bukma players that are on the list. Um, Kamo again listed as a defender. I don't know how many times <laughs> like, we have to go over this, so I'm not going to go over it again because I'm just annoyed at not talking about it. I look forward to the day where people don't use him anymore. Um, other than that, uh, what are your thoughts on on the defensive side of the squad? Uh, I mean, good, bad, a lot. <laughs> uh. Bato Aroyan from Cadiz, Spain, uh, our captain, of course. He is way out of form under the new coach uh, in Cadiz. He's probably going to move out. So, yeah, he needs the the form. I would say he's going to play both games, uh, full 90 both games. Because as we were discussing over the group chat, uh, there's actually it actually looks as if there's more uh, time between national team windows. Uh, it's going to be less than two months between this one friendly window and UEFA Nations League kickoff. You know that. Uh, so two full games at the national team stage will keep him warm enough to be not completely out of form for the Nations League. Uh, the completely opposite case when it comes to form and fitness is going to be Andre Chalashiris, which is who is playing it. first and foremost every game for Silkeborg in in Denmark and he is not someone who is entirely fit he is very much injury prone which is why I would have said keep him out of this uh, friendly window he is one of our starters along with Vato clearly by far but you don't want to overplay him and 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 he's going through champions uh, championship round on his club career. He is playing a lot. He is playing at the best level he can. It's not like he's gonna save himself from the club level to play at the national team friendly. So that one makes sense from one standpoint, but. From a practical point of view, in my opinion, it doesn't. Uh, third center back is Stiopa, and more than welcome, in my opinion. I really, really like this kid. He is super young, and he's already, of course, captain of the U19 national team that made a lead round. Um, he is a standout at every team he's he's playing. Uh, at Bukma, he's one of the captains, not the captain, he's vice captain, but he's also a starter and a standout. His leadership skills are insane. Uh, his actual technical skills are pretty good at 18 years old and physically he's a beast. So I hope actually he plays over Andre Chalisher. Uh Considering, like you said, that there's 
three center backs on this team, on this squad list. And Haroyan is out of form. Chalasir mm-hmm. can't play that many games. I would expect Mokachan to play a full 90 somewhere here. He, he must he must be, or else it doesn't make sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense to play Hadoyan mm-hmm. and Chalasir full at 180. He doesn't even do that in competitive games. He never plays them back-to-back exactly. in competitive games. So I, I fully yeah, he plays, expect... He plays another center-back, which we don't, we're not going to get into. Yeah, he who must not be named. Um, <laughs> so hopefully we see a good amount of minutes. And if he does well enough, I hope he gets called up for June. It would be a huge boost. Yeah. Uh, and I here's the thing I forgot I was gonna bring him up uh bring them up Noah has two center backs two Armenian center backs relatively young both of them and Kaparos called neither uh, we're of course talking about Artur Kartashian who's 25 years old a beast in the center back position but he as we mentioned today, has been playing out of position as a left back, which doesn't make sense, but that's another issue. So Artur Kartashan being left out kind of makes sense, if you will. But then there's uh, Haik Musakhanian, 22 years old, same height, actually center mid. So yeah, he's also, or defensive mid. He's also being played out of position, but he's playing center back, A. Mm -hmm. And he is shining at center back B. He is, so, but he's not. He he would look better if the team was actually playing better, but the team is not playing better. So yeah, it's, that's that's a kind of a fair point. But if you're Caparros, you should or or any national team coach as good as we know Cap is, you should know better. And and he actually, you you brought an interesting point. Uh, which can connect very well with Hovannes Ampatsumian's case, who, as yeah. I mentioned uh, a little earlier, his team is basically sucking right now. Although they are in a pretty good position, they're falling behind and big time. They're losing and losing and losing. But, but also, Ovo also Musafanian has only played a few games for Noah. I, I don't, yeah. I don't think he should have gotten called. I think it was the right call. I'm gonna be honest. We need to see a little more from him. He wasn't even playing for a long time. I mean, he was without. He was without. No, he was. He was playing in Belarus. Of course, it's a different level now. But even then, the the the, the change in level and pace and, and and everything didn't seem to affect him. Quite the contrary, he said he and we noticed uh, that he was a little unfit and and we were worried about how he was gonna perform when it comes to uh, fitness again, again, I, just don't, I don't think it would have been fair to call him up considering he After just three games, yeah. i i don't think so same with Gevork Najran. as much as i want no, to of see course him, no that's it was not that's it was way different i wouldn't have called Gevork Najarian, of course because he he barely made his debut off the bench last exactly. week but but musahanian is a different deal i mean he's been playing uh, he's been starting for Noah and he's doing basically one of their best field players if not the best out of position on his rookie year uh, at the APL uh I think he would have been a great addition to the national team I'm not saying start him because of course uh, there's other factors who are gonna weigh in like form fitness stamina 
you don't want to underplay him, you don't want to overplay him. But he's also versatile. He can play center back. He can play uh, defensive mid. I and think, that's that's vital. I think if you, I think if if he plays as a defensive midfielder for Noah, I think we will see his quality, and I think he will get called up. But again, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't rate the coaching at Noah. I think they're very bad, personally. Yeah, and yeah, I think as long as long as his club isn't performing well. He's not going to get called up. Kardashian's not going to get called up. Um, Jordi Arrat's not going to get called up. And uh, as we saw, and, and as we know, Mate Vossian not going to get called yeah, up. Yeah, but okay, okay. But why not uh, keep that same argument for Hovannes Ambarzumian's case? But but Ambarzumian's playing at a arguably, as you would say, higher level. Yeah, on the one hand, yeah, and on the the other hand, you could say he's uh, a national team staple, so that would be the argument. He's also scoring uh, and assisting every single game. Yeah, yeah, that would be like the different thing. But again, it's a different position. You don't see yeah, center backs. Back, yeah, exactly. And no, I I think we would have really needed uh, Musahanyan at bench even because. Again, I just don't. Him... I just don't see the merit in calling him. I just don't. I. Mm. I. I don't see it. I don't think he deserves let's it. Let's agree to disagree then. Yeah, because I do see some merit. But let's talk fullbacks now that we're talking about Hovo. We have went over Hovo and Camo, and you know what's going on with Giro Markarian no in Ukraine. He's, I think he's he was Ukraine, but I, he might be back in Armenia now. I haven't seen anything on social media, so I don't I know. I think there was this FIFA ruling that uh, foreign players from Ukraine were uh, allowed to find new clubs. Yeah. Kind of like what happened to Krasnodar foreigners. Yeah, they, they all their contracts, unless they agree with the club, are considered null. So the, technically any foreigner in the Russian... Hmm. And Ukrainian leagues can sign with any club that they want as a free agent, so long as they agree with their clubs that they can leave. That's it. Or I mean, rather it was, that they would stay. Rather than they can leave, rather than uh, they, they can stay. Yeah. It, under regular circumstances, before the, 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 the violence and stuff broke out, it was already a weird move and a not good kind of move for him. He was, I'm, I would say, way better than the UPL. Uh, it was... He should have gone to a top 20 or top 15 league. Yeah. Maybe the here's his chance. Um, alternatively, we have Arman Hovanesian and David Terterian, Punic and Ararat fullbacks, both playing regularly, both doing well. So I see the merit in calling them from the domestic league. Um, Chadens. Yeah. I think we're looking at this, and we have one, two, we have three right backs, two left backs, and three center backs. <laughs> Why? Speaking, Actually, yeah. Derderian can play both uh, both wings. Yeah, he can. Of the fullback. Yeah. You know, you know what I've realized. Also, we, we talk a lot about the versatility of players, right? We and that's something that's mm-hmm. that is something we that we that we that we feel that the team needs, and that's something that we take into consideration when we talk about who we're selecting for our team or who we would like to see play for the national team. But I realized now that Cap doesn't think that way. <laughs> he never plays players out of position. We always say, oh, no, Jordy. I think he does. He, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. Depends on preference of the coach. Bro, 
he, he played play Spets- a lot of positions. He played Spetsyan out of position several times in different positions. Same with Heno. Um, well, it, it happens. Yeah, but there's a context to the out of position. And there's a context to um, playing another uh, position. Exactly. So, like, what he means is, like, for example, Spetsyan, you're playing him deeper for a tactical reason. He does... He has played central midfield for club. And also, he's a young player. He doesn't really have a defined position yet Henrik has always been an issue where he's going to play in the national team so I would throw that <laughs> argument out the window but in terms of like okay. let's say for example I think here's a good one uh, Jordi Adarat we talk about him he's a right back yeah. and he's also a central defender we talk about how instead of playing Daron Boscanian at center back mm. he, we had him just sitting there and he, we know how capable he is and he's much much better on the ball than Voskanian will ever be in his career, times a million. Well, yeah, but you know, Daron is not going to, unless he's injured, like it's the case right now, he's not going to be missing from the national team. I mean... Another reason why I hope Mukherjian completely outshines him, scores a couple header goals from corners, and cements his spot as a rotational center back. I mean, well... Uh, then again, that argument won't change much, in my opinion, if we're if we're basing off uh, on previous experience. Because one name we throw out a lot is Artur Kartashian, and he's got one game for the national team and one goal for the national team from a he- header. That's true, actually. And he was never called up again. <sighs> All right. Some well, don't change. Let's Some move on to the. Change. To move on to the midfield, um, in midfield, in central midfield, we have Artak Grigorian from Alashkert, Solomon Udo from Ara Armenia, Eric Vardanian from Urardu, Hovanes Harutunian from Punic. Um, let's start with the central midfielders and then we'll move on to the attacking midfielders. Um, Chadens. Artak Grigorian is old now. He kind of showed, not kind of, he really showed signs of slowing down in the tail end of our World Cup qualifiers, and he showed that he's not able to keep up with the pace anymore. How do you rate him being called up? Well, him being called up in the friendlies shows that uh, Joaquin Caparos is planning on using him for the Nations League. Oh, that's that's the answer I didn't want. I was hoping not to hear. <laughs> well, we gotta we gotta say it. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at yeah, it not, from uh, his point of view as well. Yeah, I mean, this this whole list is about some of the players he intends to use for the nations team. No, for sure, all of them. I'm well, I guess I don't know. For sure, eighty percent. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. we don't know what's going inside a. a <laughs> A coach's mind we don't know what system what what he likes what he doesn't like i mean you can see common trends mm-hmm. in the way they use players but arta Grigorian being called up shows that he might be using him for the nations league i don't know how many players they're allowed to call up uh, for that one so He's, statistically speaking logic logically there's going to be space for him Damn it. When it comes to the to central mid, <laughs> uh, this is a big issue because 
when it comes to center mids, once again, as you said, Charins, there are trends. And a noticeable one is that on this friendly window, as well as basically last semester out, there is only one defensive-minded defensive mid, which is Atak, who is 35, 34 years old, who is playing 90 minutes every game for Alaskert, week in, week out, who is tired, as you said, Aram, and, and he's the only one that's defensive. Then you got your Udo, you got your Vatanian, and you got your Harutunian. All three of them are, yes, younger, yes, I don't know, more informed and fitter, but they're ball-playing midfielders. They're ball-playing uh, central midfielders. They're not defensive midfielders. Yeah. And this is my no-no, you know? Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe coach doesn't intend to work on the defensive game plan so that, uh, and I'm just uh, theorizing uh, mm. hypotheses and conspiracy theories here, but maybe he doesn't intend to work on defensive game plans so that he doesn't give uh, Ireland, Scotland, and Ukraine, our nation's league opposition, any ideas on how to play ice. You know, maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, but, it's a possibility. But I mean, yeah. But if you, if again, if you're looking at experience on competitive windows, last semester out it was the exact same thing. It was only one defensive mid who was completely overplayed, which was of course Arta Krikorian. He was already old, and nothing has changed when it comes to age over one semester. He's still old, even older. He's still playing the same amount of time uh, at club level. Of course, it's not going to be fit uh, for the national team. And I'm not holding my breath for what I'm going to see in that aspect. Uh, and, and again, talking about, like you like said, Grigorian is the only defensive midfield option here, which I think is like borderline stupid. stupid. It's not borderline. It is stupid to call only one <laughs> defensive midfielder that's 35 years old. <laughs> Eric Vardanian, I can't, I can't, I don't see the merit in calling him. Um, there is no I merit. Do. No, I mean, he's, do. I mean, Armin, he's played 20 minutes off the bench in the last four games. That's all he's yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but he was, again, oh, he wasn't no. off tune uh, at the national team last semester out. But again, he there are it. other midfielders that yeah. are, that, that, are so that are so much more qualified and more deserving than he is right now. Uh, I'm not saying he's course, not that. I I see his talent. I totally see what Cap's trying to do. I totally get it. But he has Hovanes Harutunian in the squad, who arguably yeah. is gonna fill that role. Is he's gonna try him out in that role that he tried Vardanian in? And I'm pretty yeah. sure, considering his success in central midfield for Punic this season and his the great form he's in, I think he he can do the job. But again, instead of bringing in Eric Vardanian, who doesn't does not deserve to be here, bring in a defensive midfielder that we need that that we can try out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that would have been one possibility, one one alternative. But that's not the case. And uh, there are much like Vardanian, Udo and Harutunian are the same characteristics. Uh, so. I, I don't even know if Harutunian is going to play over 30 minutes overall. Uh, and, and considering the amount of unreasonable 
an unexplainable decisions Cap has made this time out. I think Vartanian's choice has a couple more uh, bases into it. Not saying, not saying I disagree. Not saying he shouldn't, he should be there. I, I also think he shouldn't be there. But I think there are several worse cases than Edo Vartanian. Not that he's going to play much anyway, though. Now we'll see. Um, in attacking midfield, we have Gevor Gazarian of Punic, Artem Avanesian of Arda Armenia, Artur Seropian of Bekma, Khorem Bayramian of Rostov, Eduard Sverchan from Krasnodar, Vahan Bichakjan of Pogon Shajin, and Lukas Zarayan of the Columbus Crew. Um, this is another... Another one. Okay, so a lot of these <laughs> players are staple players, right? Chadens, we have seen. Ghazarian has been in the squad a lot. Avanesian has been in the squad regularly. Bayramian, Spertian, Michakja, and Lucas. The only one that is, of course, not here is Henrik Mkhitaryan because he has retired. And his spot for this time uh, has been given to 18-year-old Arthur Seropian, uh, who is a attacking midfielder slash winger. Um, He's so good. And he is oh, good. Y'all aim for a treat, man. This if he even plays, though. Again, this is the same thing. Yeah. Just like Stiopa, just like... Uh, wow, uh, you, you just you just had to kill Nessesian. that one. It's true, though. I mean, look, knowing Cap, <laughs> what he's going to do is he's going to start Ghazanian and Avanesian and Bayramian. And then for some reason, uh, Vahan and Lucas are just going to be on the bench and we're just going to be watching a no, totally no, no. out-of-form I- player... No, I think I think uh, um, at least Vahan and Lucas are gonna start at the very least. Uh, but yeah, he's completely capable of starting uh, a completely out of form Khorik Bayramian or a super old and tired, with all due respect, Gevor Kazarian alongside Vahan and Lucas. That's that's how I see it. Yeah. So it's a t- again, it's like I the thought process here is a little. It's questionable because I, again, Gazarian, I get it. You know, you want a leader. You want you need leadership in the back and in the front. I I understand that pick. I don't want to see him in the Nations League squad, but he's probably going to be there. Um, Avanesian, he's good. I like I, lo- I, like I really him. like what I'm seeing. No, I, I actually I would say Avanesian's call up was one of the best ones because I didn't expect him to be there, and he is. But As he's always the there. He has been there, cases. though. I think he's been in every squad. And, like, I'm not saying in, in terms of club-wise, he's doing great, you know? But I still am yet to be convinced at the national team level. Bro, he's I, only I played 15 minutes per game. Top. I know. I and know, and I know. He's, played, he's played good. Uh, even against Germany, I think it was. I don't know, but every time I've seen him, much like Narek Tikorian, 15 minutes, both of them, and 15 minutes were good enough. Uh, yeah. That neither of them looked off tune, which is why I actually would have thought Narek would have been there instead of Avanesian that hasn't left the APL. I think it, um, I think it was going to be either Narek or Seropian. It was going to be one of them, and I think he went with Seropian this time. Um, Korem Bayramian, uh, weird call-up because the guy hasn't played a single minute in... Hmm. A while. And he, he's 30. He's not getting younger. And for he's the, that too. The, yeah. And it, bro, 
for the type of player that Horik is, he relies basically on speed, stamina, and 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 I don't know if that's the word elasticity, mm-hmm. kind of flexibility. You know, Flex. that's the ability to dribble to. I don't know the, the English word for it, but he, kind of he's not he's not fast, but he's more he's more of a technical oh, dribbler. Oh, he's fast. Oh, he's fast. Uh, fast man. Among other things, it's fast. I, of course, it's not camo fast, but he's he is fast. And for that kind of player, there's a way shorter <laughs> productivity gap of years. He's reaching that. He's injured currently. One of those cases, I definitely would have thought should have uh, been left out. Now, let me pose this question to you, Chaudens. Um Out of this attacking midfield, we know that Kavaros is going to play a two, most likely a two-striker, two-attacking midfield, some sort of combination. Out of these attacking midfielders that you have here, who would you, if you had to pick two players to start, who would you start? Easily Zelarayan is one. Mm-hmm. And Vahan. And Vahan. Oh, Vahan as well. I mean, we need to see more Vahan, not just to just to be sure that. Uh, not just to be sure. I mean, he didn't. He did. He didn't really. We have not seen enough of him and his quality for the national team, and we uh-huh. know there is a lot. Yeah. So. And... Go ahead. He, him, along with. Lucas would be something that we're definitely looking forward to seeing for the Nations League. Mm-hmm. Therefore, in this friendly, it's it's needed to try and see. Now, here's another question I have for you. If we As play one interrogation, <laughs> if we play only one striker, it being Adam Young, so let's say Barcelian is on the bench, who else would you start in attacking midfield? Would you would you make Spertian that third player, or would you bring in another player? In my mind, we're playing four-two-three-one, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, so yeah, so who would be the three, and the one is going to be Sako. So who would be that attacking midfield three you would play? Uh, look, I don't <laughs> think he will start. He will. He will not start Spertian. That's crazy to me to not start Spertian. <laughs> he will either not start Spertian or Bichakchan or Zelar. All three of them, he will not start them together. It's it's. It's a little much, too much. That's but that's that's bear the bear in mind. Bear in mind, last time out, Zelarayan played four nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last couple times actually, last couple windows. Uh, on uh, one game, he was uh, dropped as a kind of free roaming center mid. On another game, he was a four nine. Uh, and I think the best of him was seen as four nine. Uh, the combinations he made with Sako were great, and uh, I don't think it's gonna be kind of like a stable, you know, like uh, set on stone kind of mm-hmm. tactic. It never has been lately. What do you think, Adam? That's what it, that's the thing. That's what I I want to see a stable set in stone tactic. I'm I I think I personally. Oh, I want a lot. I want a lot of things. Personally. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Personally, I I think there is you can't okay considering Edward's form, Vahan's form, Lucas's form, 
these are the, you can't how are you going to drop these people like how do you drop you these three people like how you have to play them it's you can't yeah. you can't you can't not bench you can't bench one of these three players in the form that they're in right now and the form mm-hmm. that Sako is in right now you need to start him so mm-hmm. i don't know i I'm, I'm just hoping i see that if i see those four in our starting attack in one game that's enough for me to be happy from this window in my opinion yeah yeah i mean um it's it's a weird call up because it it has been lately weird because uh as i said nothing is said on stone players have been interchanging their positions uh everything gets mixed up you know and one problem that i see with the national team lately is that we don't have a we're not defending we're not defending and uh that's a big problem and i think that's why we haven't been getting results lately yeah well i don't know man <laughs> when you bring up only one defensive midfielder i don't expect you to defend um mm-hmm. moving on to further up the pitch in our attacking line we have two players uh tiran barsegan of slovan bratislava and sargis adamian of hoffenheim on loan to club bruges in belgium um again uh, like this attacking midfield attack forward it's it's become interchangeable in the way that Armenia mm-hmm. plays so i can hope i can and i hope and i expect to see both of them get minutes um but i'm looking forward to seeing how we line up and how we play in this post henrik armenia so it's it's too much to drop because it's like 180 minutes only that we're going to see so Yeah, nothing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't expect Definitely. anything major. Yeah, it's a exactly. friendly window it's, too, you know. It's not And it's a okay, weird it's, call it's up. a time to try, but it's only 180 minutes to try. So it's it's so it's kind of packed. Yeah, so nothing like, is going to be definitive after this. It's not like what happens here now stays for the next yeah. few seasons. No, it's not going to be like that. Yeah, like you said, Armin, it seems like he's it seems like this squad is it's it's a weird one, but it, I like you said I think he's focusing on a very certain aspect of the game. Yeah. And the, and from the looks of the squad, it looks like he's gonna use this time to figure out what the attack of Armenia is gonna look like. That's what that's yeah, what I mean. I kind of thought that too because he's clearly not focusing on defense. Yeah. Yeah, that that would make sense and. Uh, Hell, bro, uh, he might even try, he will, not might, he will definitely try stuff out during the actual competitive season, as he usually does. And he will. So, Armenia plays Montenegro on March 24th and Norway away on March 29th. Uh, We will be covering those uh, matches, I think, in one post post episode um after both the games are done we'll give our take and our analysis as i see edo going down clutching his ankle which i don't like um (laughs) i I think he'll be fine but elsewhere uh we have a lot more armenia going on right now we actually have the u19s during the same week are going to be playing in the elite round against portugal england and the republic of ireland uh we're very 
U19. Yeah. So we're um, very excited. We are we don't have any real expectations, um, hmm. but we'll just see what they can do. Um, Even and less our, now that they have to their two best players with the senior national team. Yeah, exactly. Um, elsewhere, Armenia under 21 had a match scheduled on March 24th against Ukraine under 21 in the European Championship qualifiers. Um, however, that match has been suspended. Of course, makes sense. Cool. Uh, so Armenia actually play uh, travel to Serbia uh, on the 29th, which is the same day that the senior national team plays against Norway. So um, that is going to be wrapping it up for this episode of Football Against One. Uh, side note, LA Galaxy are hosting Armenia Heritage Night sometime in April. Um, if you want to go support... Okay. They don't have an Armenian player, so I don't know. Maybe it's a little incentive for them to sign one. They sure need bring, it from what Armenian I saw yesterday. And bring <laughs> Armenian flags and make sure to let them know they should sign Armenian players for them. Oh. 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 Yeah. Oh. So I, I would say happened. I would. I, what happened? What, I think Edo scored again. <laughs> oh, my God. He's so good, man. <laughs> I think. He's so I damn good. Let, let, let me see. Because it was a penalty, but I didn't see who took it. Uh, probably, probably. Oh, it was him. Yeah, yeah. He scored. It. And of course, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, there you go. Close it out with another. Oh man, this kid. Oh, I love him. I love him so much, man. He's the Messiah, man. Oh, Shit, that's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> bro, <laughs> and it's about to end. It's about to finish that game. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a second, second for a brace. Uh, it was a it was a penalty. He got fouled in the box. He got tackled, uh, and then he took so, the penalty, and it was a nice, easy slide in. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, Edo Spertian updating uh, <laughs> Armenia's abroad. Two games after the winter break, three goals, baby. Like I said, how do you not start this kid? <laughs> well, that's going to be it for Football Genshin this time. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back after the national team window to give our thoughts on those games and uh, look forward to everything that's going to be happening. Uh, it's going to be a very, 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 very busy next few months for Armenian football as the domestic leagues wrap up, um, as the European spaces begin to fill in, and as we look uh, towards preparations for the UEFA Nations League in June. Um, if you don't already, please follow us on social media we're almost at a thousand twitter followers so hit that follow share, button share 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 please share our episode share uh, so that you can uh, keep updated with everything and yeah like subscribe all that jazz and uh, we'll see you next time thank you for listening peace <laughs>